It takes a humble mind and a curious spirit to go past the hubris that ignorance and knowledge bring. Through questions, specific concerns are addressed, doubts are dissolved, and understanding is achieved, which is the goal of this podcast. We believe asking questions provides one of the quickest and most precise routes to understanding, which translates into the correct execution of actions and the attainment of desired outcomes. This is where Solomon Ray comes in. Solomon Ray is a prolific Bible teacher, executive leader, advisor and sponsor. Known for his love for Jesus Christ and people, wisdom and unique incursions into God's word to provide relevance, clarity and understanding for personal leadership and a more productive life in Christ Jesus through every area of life. We trust this podcast will help you provide clarity to the burning questions you've been harboring all these years. Let's delve into the podcast and listen attentively as Solomon Ray brings clarity, insight and understanding to some questions. Take a listen. Good morning, sir. My name is Mengot Larinda from Cameroon, precisely in Boya. I've observed that some people believe that speaking in tongues is limited to speaking in a language of the world, a definite language of the world. So I wish to know if praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Spirit, is limited to an earthly language. And if this view that speaking in tongues is just about speaking in an earthly language has any limitations or implications to people who hold this belief. Thank you. Welcome to Ask Solomon Ray podcast, your favorite show with myself, your host, Solomon Ray. And through this podcast, we seek to dissolve your doubts so you can perceive life and approach it correctly, understanding your Christian walk with Jesus Christ and your Christian living with others, maximizing your time, purpose, and assignment for the glory of God and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's start with a word of prayer. Father, I want to thank you for today. I want to thank you for this question. I want to thank you for all that you keep doing in and through our lives. I want to thank you, Lord, for health. I want to thank you for peace. I want to thank you for provision. I want to thank you, Lord, above all for the election of grace that you've counted us worthy to be part of. Thank you for choosing us and thank you for giving us the ability to believe in you, to believe in your word and to make the decision to be all yours and to live for you without apology. Thank you, Father, because when I think of your love towards us, your love is endless, your love has no bound, your love is all-encompassing, and there is no searching how far you can go and how far you went through your Son, Jesus Christ, for us. We are so grateful, Father, for the impact and for the understanding that you're releasing and disseminating through this platform. I want to thank you for all those who are listening in the past and present, and even those who are going to encounter this podcast in the future that may you grant them that passion to learn, that passion to know, and give them the courage to understand your word beyond everything 
that they have been told and that they have thought to be true up to this point in time. Lord, I pray for everyone who encounters this podcast that may you release in their spirit new thoughts and new words so that they can live their life correctly. Because anyone who stumbles on this podcast and goes therein is someone who is searching beyond everything to know you, to encounter you, and to live for you. Thank you, Father, as you are going to use my voice to speak to your people and to bring an answer of peace to this question which divides the body of Christ far and wide globally. Be glorified in everything I do and say through this podcast and through this episode. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So once more, thank you and welcome, especially to all of you around the world, several continents. I think of the USA, I think of those who are listening from Cameroon, especially massive love from Cameroon. Thank you very much for all that you do. I want to thank all those who are listening from Spain, from Lebanon, from Israel, from Belgium. And the list is endless. We are now beaming, reaching out to more than 20 countries as of the last time I checked. But massive followership, massive dedication to understand. I see the interaction in the back office and I'm amazed at the response and your engagement. Even when we don't release a show daily, there is someone around the world that's engaging, at least one person. But many of you daily are engaging with the word, engaging with these episodes to make sure that you understand and you relate with God and with others as he requires us to. So, thank you once more to our friends at Gamma Production Services. They are the ones who edit the show. And if you like what you hear and you are looking forward to have your podcast or even working in a corporate entity organization and you guys have in mind to do something audio-wise, you can always reach out to them. The link that connects to them is in the show notes of this podcast or even every episode that you will find. They are the ones from day one and they have been doing a marvelous job editing every podcast of the show. So a big shout out to our friends at Gamer Productions. God bless you and please reach out to them. And of course, let them know that you are a listener of the Ask Lemon Ray podcast and they are going to, of course, receive everyone, but they are going to kind of give a special note to you. Again, there is no kickback for me, like affiliate marketing or something. It's just, I believe in them and also their labor of love to generously do this so the word of God can go out. So, Thank you once more, our friends at Gemma Production Services. So our question for today is praying in tongues limited to praying in a known language of the world. And this question was posed by Larinda in Boya, Cameroon. And for those who are not in Cameroon, Boya is found in the southwest region of Cameroon. There is this widespread understanding that Cameroon is a French-speaking nation. There are two out of ten regions which are English-speaking. So don't be surprised that you can find some people in Cameroon speaking English and that, of course, going back in history, you understand why 8 out of 10 speak French and 2 out of 10 speak English. So Cameroon is not just a French-speaking country. They are a bilingual country and you have a lot of local languages, more than 270 of them. Very dynamic country. So thank you very much, Larinda. I just thought to give us some geography lesson for those who are out of Cameroon and are wondering when she talks of Boya and where Cameroon is. So that's what I can say about Boya to give us context for those who are listening out of the country. So 
back to our question is praying in tongues limited to praying in a known language of the world first before i start i would like to paint a background to say one or two things number one is that some christians don't believe in speaking in tongues at all some christians around the world don't believe in speaking in tongues at all and number two is that some christians believe in speaking in tongues but the tongue should be in a known language of the world and number three some christians believe in speaking in tongues and both speaking in a known language and unknown language of the world meaning it's not a language that you can find around on earth maybe spanish or maybe even all the local languages it's something strange it's something foreign i don't spend time trying to convince people because that's not our call to convince the world our call is to speak the truth and the holy spirit does the convincing one time i was talking with a friend and she was saying i'm not convinced i said my job is not to convince you my job is to talk to you and to tell you the truth to relate to you what the word of god says and it is your place to want to know and the holy spirit to convince you and it will take time but the seed is my responsibility to plant that seed that you should understand so this podcast is really going to help everyone in this list but particularly those who believe in it in the first place and i sincerely hope that even those who don't believe will find solace because i'm going to read from scripture and put everything in context of course it's not exhaustive it's not a teaching i'm just trying to respond to a question within the ambit of the time that i have allocated so we have to understand three things or a couple of things number one There is praying with understanding and there is praying in the spirit. I'm going to just, you know, go in that order. There's praying with understanding and there's praying in the spirit. What does it mean to pray with understanding? Praying with understanding means praying using a known language on earth, meaning praying with a language that you have acquired naturally. It can be your local language, it can be an official language, but the language that exists that's what it means to pray with understanding when you pray with a known language you yourself you understand what you're saying and others around you understand what you're saying so in this case there is no need for the gift of interpretation of tongues because there is something known as the gift of interpretation of tongues if i pray in english right now like i did before the podcast started there is no need for you to have a gift of interpreting the tongues or that language because you have learned english Thousands of you around the world have listened to this podcast and are listening to this right now. What you're using to understand what I'm saying is not a gift from the Spirit. It's something you've learned naturally. So in this case, when you pray using a known language on earth, there is no need for the gift of interpretation of tongues because it is a language that is naturally known. And when you pray with understanding, your prayer is clear to you and others to understand and relate with. It is clear to you what you're saying and others are aware of what you're saying and they can relate with what you're saying. Thereby, they can be edified with what you're saying. And praying with understanding is more appropriate in some instances when it comes to corporate services, but I'm going to explain. It's more appropriate in some instances when it comes to corporate services or corporate worship. Now, what does it mean to pray in the Spirit? Praying in the Spirit, therefore, has to do with praying by the Holy Spirit praying as led by the holy spirit or praying in an unknown tongue this is a language that is not known on earth but let's read what jesus christ has to say about this please i'll call on all of us to engage with the word of god without any bias that's a lesson that god taught me very early on my son if you have to be everything that i want you to be you have to engage with my word as if 
there's nothing that you know before. Don't come to the word of God with pre-assumption, with preconceived ideas. Of course, most people have strongholds, ideas that we've built over time and will form the very strong emotional tie with it. When you're coming to the word, be ready to have your strongholds dislodged. Be ready to have your strongholds dissipated or even challenged. I see some people come with the word of God and they are adamant to receive what God has to say because what they think they know is what is true. It's a very wrong way to approach scripture. You're going to hurt yourself and you're going to hurt your destiny greatly. And God's investment in you will not be fulfilled. So let's read Mark chapter 16 from verses 17 to 18. We are looking at praying in the spirit. Mark chapter 16 from verses 17 to 18 from the New Living Translation. And it reads 17. Now this is Jesus talking to his disciples when he was about to leave. 17. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. Not everyone, those who believe. Those who are born again, those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. In the King James it says tongues. They will speak in new tongues. In the NLT it says they will speak in new languages. 18. They will be able to handle snakes with safety and if they drink anything poisonous, it won't harm them they will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. So I might ask, but Solomon when he says they will speak in a new language, it means they were speaking English before, now they will speak Japanese, and now they will speak Mandarin, and now they will speak Spanish, and now they will speak Portuguese, and now they will speak Bakosi, and now they will speak Igbo or Yoruba. But let's look at what that word language or tongue means from the original Greek rendering. Please be meticulous in your Bible study, please. Let me read 17 again. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. And the word there for language or tongue in the King James is the Greek word glossa. And glossa means a language naturally unacquired, meaning it's not a language that you have known. It's something quite different something quite different and of course it can apply to speaking in a language that you have not learned before naturally meaning you are an english speaker now you speak french as a spirit leads or you speak a totally different language which is called now language of the spirit praying in the spirit it's very important we understand this therefore praying in tongues is a system of advantage given to all disciples of jesus christ to facilitate his dominion mandate everything that christ gives us is to give us an edge and to facilitate our becoming in him so that his dominion mandate of the earth can easily come to pass in and through our lives I'll talk more on this so you understand the reason for these languages and stuff. So, when we talk of praying in the Spirit, therefore, we have other instances. Like I said, praying in a known tongue. While praying in the Spirit, you can pray in a known tongue, meaning praying in a language which is found on earth. But meanwhile, that language is not your native language. Why this? This occurs because God controls and uses it to communicate his message. It's God who is in control here. There are instances where in your prayer it is God stepping in to use that instance and to use that opportunity to release something that he wants his people to know or he wants you to know. So when you're praying in the spirit and you're praying in a known tongue but which is not natively known by you, there God takes over you. Let's say you have been praying and all of a sudden you are in the spirit 
spirit or you are deep in prayer you are an english native speaker but you start speaking mandarin and everybody around you knows that you don't speak mandarin so there's one component of praying in the spirit but here the spirit is using a known tongue to release something that god wants to do so number one here is that god uses it this instance to communicate a message it is from god to man or god to men and in this case there is no need for the gift of interpreting this tongue because it is a known tongue generally and usually all the cases that i've experienced this when god speaks not all the cases that i've experienced some cases they were different when god uses a known tongue to speak through someone or through you which hitherto you don't know that language natively he's communicating something of benefit to you or to the church or the people around and there is always someone there not always there should be someone there most of the time who understand that language and will be able to explain what you were saying while praying in mandarin you have someone there who has learned mandarin or you have someone there who is a native mandarin speaker who will now explain what you were saying in the spirit or what you were saying by the spirit sorry and usually it's of benefit to others or even to you the reason why god uses a known tongue to speak through someone when they are praying which is not their native language is that he uses that to dissipate doubt in the absence of someone with the gift of interpreting of tongues for example let me explain imagine that we are all praying in the group and there is no one who has a gift of interpreting of tongues unknown language now even a language not earthly it is not useful for god to speak through me or through you larinda to the congregation in a language that they will not understand and you know you have been speaking in different language and you come and tell them god has said this they might not believe because they didn't understand what you were saying so god will use a known language of the earth to speak through someone who has not natively learned that language to speak a reality that he wants to communicate to the body or to the person and here he wants to dissipate doubt imagine that you larinda you don't know how to speak spanish and in your prayer and your deep you start speaking spanish up and correct that language spanish now the people know that okay it has it is god who has spoken because it is something supernatural now is something supernatural larinda cannot speak spanish but now she has been found speaking spanish it means god is saying something so just by using that spanish to to speak through you who is not a native spanish speaker god has removed the component of doubt now it will be okay seeing there is no one here who can understand spanish who can we get who can understand spanish so the person can tell us what larinda was saying but it will not be about doubting what you have said. If it was a Spanish speaker speaking by the spirit in Spanish, they would doubt because the person speaks Spanish naturally and it's going to bring a lot of confusion, doubt. We are not sure whether what you're saying is true because it's not supernatural, it's natural. Up is clear. And a good instance in this case is what happened in the upper room, you know, when the Holy Spirit descended and the disciples were speaking tongues. Remember, there it is God taking control. The essence of that episode was the 3,000 people were saved after Peter preached. God used the tongues, he used a known language, but he used people who were not native of that language to speak through them. And it is that stuff that caught the attention of those around. They said, you know what? These people are Galileans and everything, but they speak in my language and I understand what they are saying. And then I said, let's go nearer and see what's happening. Though in the midst, you still had some people who were very doubtful. They said, no, they have been drinking wine in the early morning. 
But what caused their attention was that there were people who were speaking a different language which natively is not their language of origin and they could not have spoken that language because they have never learned it before. That caused now that attention and people came nearer and Peter spoke and taught and preached and we know what happened. 3,000 people were saved. So God uses this instance for his glory or even to relate an information that can be of help to you or those around. Now there is speaking or praying in the spirit using an unknown tongue, a language which is not from the earth, a language which is not earthy. And here still, God can use it. You're praying and praying and praying. Maybe you began praying with understanding. But being so deep in it, you began speaking in a different language that is not earthly. And in that case, God sometimes uses it like in the first instant. He uses it to pass an information to you or to those around. But in this case, you are not in control of it. The first two instances, praying in the spirit, praying in a known tongue and praying in an unknown tongue while you are praying in the spirit, you are not in control of it. It is God who is using it for his own glory and for his own purpose. So in this other case now where you are praying in an unknown tongue while praying in the spirit, an unknown tongue means a tongue which is not earthly. God uses this to speak to you or to the people. But in this case, there needs now to be someone who interprets tongues. It's like me talking now. Imagine that this were a stage and I'm speaking in English and I'm in Lebanon or I'm in Israel or I'm in a country where English is not really the predominant or the first language. I'm just calling countries randomly. I would need an interpreter who understands what I say and relates it to the people. So there is a gift of interpretation of tongues and most of us don't really pay attention to these gifts or to this when we try to debunk praying in the spirit using an unknown tongue. In this case, when God speaks in a tongue or God is speaking through you in an unknown tongue that is not earthy, there is need for someone who has that gift of interpretation of tongues. The gift of interpretation of tongues in the Bible doesn't mean you go and learn other languages. It means you have a singular ability to understand a tongue that God is using to explain it. That some people understand what some animals say because they have their language. It doesn't mean because it's not intelligible to you enough as a human, doesn't mean you discount their language. How do you think dogs communicate? How do you think monkeys communicate? How do you think animals communicate? They do, they have their language. But because it is not known to you, doesn't mean you discount it. So therefore, there is a language that is used in the spirit which is not known to men. And there is need for someone who has that gift of interpretation of tongues to be able to decorticate and to explain what God is saying through you or what God said through you while you were praying in the spirit and remember I keep repeating in these two instances God can take over your prayer and he's using you to speak in a known tongue to you through you to a people or he can use you to speak in a known tongue to release an information to you or to a people here God is in charge This is where it talks about and you speak in the spirit as uttered by God or as God gives utterance. As the spirit gives utterance. Here it is God that is prompting it and there's something he wants to achieve all the time. Maybe they have been calling you that you are not a Christian and they have been like looking down on you and in your prayer in the midst of believers God speaks to you or through you in tongues either in a known earthly language that you don't naturally speak or in an unknown unearthly language that no one understands. It might be that God is just saying to everyone that this is my daughter 
and so you should treat her accordingly it might just be that he wants to say that you are his because speaking in tongues is an evidence that is only gotten or only demonstrated by believers and then you have the third component of praying in the spirit here it is now using an unknown tongue but it is you who is in charge so the first two it is from god to me or from god to me to others but this third component it is from me to god here i'm in charge it is from me it is very important to understand this because praying with understanding is beautiful it's fine it's lawful it's something that we should do but praying with understanding has its limitation it's okay let me just read this let's read from first corinthians chapter 2 from verses 6 to 11 first corinthians chapter 2 from verses 6 to 11 from the esv bible verse 6 yet among the mature we do impart wisdom although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away seven but we impart the secret and hidden wisdom of god which god decreed before the ages for our glory eight none of the rulers of this age understood this for if they had they would not have crucified the lord of glory now this is where i'm paying emphasis on verse 9 but as it is written what no eyes has seen nor ears heard nor the heart of man imagined what god has prepared for those who love him let me just pause here it's not the core of our less of this question but let me just say this many of us read this scripture and we say okay we'll find out in heaven what god has prepared for us that eyes have not seen nor ear heard nor has he entered the heart of man what god has prepared for us and we read and we stop there and we now project and say heaven will be wonderful and only when we get to heaven that we will understand what god has prepared for us heaven is real but my concern is understanding scripture correctly because when you only talk of, oh, we are going to understand what God has prepared for us in heaven, you're forfeiting what really he wants to do through you now. Because that verse is not talking about you finding out in heaven. Let me go back verse 9 and I'll read. But as it is written, what no eyes has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. Verse 10. These things has God revealed to us through the Spirit, not in heaven. Here now, He has revealed these things to us so we can enjoy them, not enjoy them when we get to heaven. Our assignment is to bring down the kingdom culture and the kingdom realities of heaven here and now. But these things has God revealed to us through His Spirit. Let me continue. For the Spirit, now focus here for this answer. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God, 11 and the last. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. And that leads me to what I call the limitation of praying with understanding. I'm not saying that you shouldn't pray in understanding, but I'm saying that don't negate praying in tongues. There's a reason for that. When you pray with understanding exclusively, you're praying from what you understand. And what you understand is not complete. What you understand is not everything. Humans understand in parts. So if you're praying with understanding, it means you're praying in parts because your understanding is in parts. Let me just give a very practical thing here. This is where today, whatever today is for you, even in 10 years time today you don't know what will happen to you in seven days time you have no idea of course you might have programs and plans i'm talking about you don't know how seven days time is going to look like you don't know what god has for you in seven days 
you don't know how he wants that thing to even come to pass because you understand in parts. That is a problem when we pray exclusively with understanding because we are praying from a place where we understand in parts. So our prayer is, is only in parts. It's not global. It's not praying about every component about us. That's a very huge limitation. But when we pray in an unknown tongue and here it is a tongue that is not earthy, just start talking. When you start, you start with a one syllable, for example. But as you start talking, continue talking, it's like the baby. When they start talking, their tongue is tight. To even pronounce go, I have children here. Before they began talking, it was difficult. But as often as they began, they continue talking, exercising their tongue, exercising their mouth muscle, they began to pronounce a non-shade better. As they even grew older, they began to even talk correctly, using the right mechanics of the language. It's the same thing. Just talk, and as you're talking in that unknown language, you are giving the Spirit the permission to pray through you. And there you are praying what I call perfect prayer, because it is the Holy Spirit that now searches the mind of God for the things concerning you. You are giving the Holy Spirit the permission to pray the perfect will of God concerning you, which by yourself you will not be able to comprehend, or even to enunciate, or even to proclaim. It's very important to pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit, an unknown tongue, not beyond praying with understanding. Because praying with understanding has its limitations. We understand in parts, and if we are praying from a place where we understand in parts, it means our prayer will be a prayer in parts. Because you can't pray what you don't understand. If you don't understand that there's a programming in the spirit that you have an accident in two months' time, you won't know that. And you can't pray against it. But if you're praying in the Spirit, the Spirit of God understands everything. So when you're praying in the Spirit, you're giving the Holy Spirit the permission to pray through you and to pray God's perfect will for your life. Because only the Holy Spirit knows the deep thoughts of God concerning you. Even you don't know it. So when we pray with understanding exclusively, we are forfeiting a lot that God wants to release in our spirit. So you use praying in an unknown tongue to pray the perfect will of God for you, the perfect will of God for a nation, the perfect will of God for your congregation. When you're praying in the spirit at your personal time or leisure, you're praying God's perfect will. And like I said, praying in an unknown tongue gives the Holy Spirit the express permission to pray God's perfect prayer through you and through you and for you in accordance with his perfect will for you. Let's read Romans chapter 8 verses 26 to 28 from the ESV. Likewise 26, the spirit helps us in our weakness. What's the weakness? The weakness, it can be bodily weakness, the weakness but more so it is intellectual weakness, knowledge weakness. There are things we don't know because we understand in parts and that's a weakness that humans have. They understand in parts. So if you focus on praying with understanding, your weakness is going to be a limiting factor. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we don't know what to pray for as we ought. Are you saying? For we don't know what to pray for as we ought. God wants us to know what to pray for, even in the future. But we don't know because our mind is unfruitful. That's a weakness. For we don't know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. There is a realm of communication that our English language, your Portuguese language, whatever the language, is not able to release. And that's the weakness of praying with understanding because your mind understanding parts and even the language you use is limited. They cannot carry some heavenly mysteries. They can't. 
because there are no words to explain those mysteries that's why even paul says that when he was transposed in the highest heaven that he saw things that there are no words good enough to explain for example if you go to heaven you say oh heaven is beautiful but the word beautiful is not good enough to explain the beauty you saw in heaven because somebody who goes to Dubai will say Dubai is beautiful. Somebody who goes to the USA, New York will say New York is beautiful. Somebody who goes to Yaoundé will say Yaoundé is beautiful. Somebody who goes to Boya will say Boya is beautiful. And somebody who goes to heaven will say heaven is beautiful. And the person who is understanding what you're saying is putting Yaoundé, Boya, Douala, New York, Dubai at the same level because you use the same words to describe all of them. Meanwhile, in heaven, the streets are made of transparent gold. There is no word enough, strong enough to express that beauty, the limitation of our language and the limitation of our mind, which is the weakness that men have. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we don't know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. 27. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. When you pray understanding, you are easily carried away with environmental things around. God, please for this, please for a car, please for this, please for a house. And there's nothing wrong with house and car. But the will of God for your life is bigger than house and car. When we pray with understanding exclusively, we are shortchanging ourselves. 27, I repeat. And he who searches their hearts knows what is the mind of the spirit. Because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. This is the system by which all things, one of the system by which all things work together for good. Because you are praying in the spirit and the Holy Spirit is using your voice to pray God's perfect prayer for you. So if there's an accident that was orchestrated for you in two weeks time, the Holy Spirit is going to intercept that and is going to find ways so you can escape it. All things work together for good. I hope it's very clear enough. Please don't deny yourself of this gift of praying in the spirit, praying in an unknown tongue where you are in charge and releasing words. Releasing words that you yourself don't understand, but you're giving the Holy Spirit words and permission to pray God's perfect prayer for you. So, let me just now end by giving this balance, by putting some order. Because there are some people now, because praying in the spirit is good, it has become like a show now. We speak in tongues and the whole, particularly in corporate worship, we spend our time tongues and tongues and, and tongues and there is no order. This has led to many disorders and that's why even Paul is writing about this in the Bible. So, let's look at prophesying versus speaking in tongues. In corporate worship, speaking in an unknown tongue, it's very good when you're praying like by yourself. That's the perfect instance. But it doesn't mean that you can't pray that if at all it's allowed in your church. There's a way that we have to conduct it now. So we are very productive in it. So everything I'm going to read here pertains to corporate worship. It is not discounting praying in the spirit in an unknown tongue. It doesn't discount it. It only talks about order in corporate worship. Let's read. It's going to be very long. Not very long, but it's going to be long. Just relax. We are almost done. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 from verses 1 to 25 from the ESV. Verse 1. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. 2. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. That's the last one I talk about, where you're in charge. You're praying to God. The one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands him but he utters mysteries in the spirits. 3. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people 
for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. For the one who speaks in the tongue builds himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Take note. Now, I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. Remember, corporate worship. So Paul says, in corporate worship, when we are in church, yes, we should speak in tongues, but even more, let's give more room for prophecy. What's prophecy? It's about relating the word of God through teaching and sermons and all those things because it is building the body of believers. Verse 5, now I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so that the church may be built up. Don't forget the context. It's corporate worship. In corporate worship, the one who prophesies, who teaches and explains the Bible is greater because the people are going to be edified better because they would know something that God is saying and they will learn and they will be transformed and they will know what to do better. Like what I'm doing here now. This prophecy. So in corporate worship, prophecy should be more exalted than speaking in tongues. But it doesn't mean that it is not good. Let's continue. You'll see order. Six. Now, brothers, if I come to you speaking in tongues, how will I benefit you unless I bring you some revelation or knowledge or prophecy or teaching? I see not prophecy. 7. If even lifeless instruments such as flute or the harp do not give distinct notes, how will anyone know what is played? 8. And if the bogle gives an indistinct sound, who will get ready for battle? 9. So with yourself, if with your tongue you utter speech that is not intelligible, are you saying intelligible? It is not something known, understood by men. It's a foreign language, not earthy. How will anyone know what you said? For you will be speaking into the air. 10. There are doubtless many different languages in the world and none is without meaning. 11. But if I do not know the meaning of the language, I will be a foreigner to the speaker and the speaker a foreigner to me. 12. So with yourselves, since you are eager for manifestation of the Spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. 13. Therefore, one who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret so it benefits the church and one adding this now so you understand the context therefore one who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret 14 for if i pray in a tongue my spirit prays but my mind is unfruitful are you saying now but if i pray in a tongue my spirit prays but my mind is unfruitful can you speak in Mandarin naturally, like without being prompted by God? Can you speak in Mandarin while you're a Cameroonian? I'm trying to make us understand that speaking in tongues here is about speaking in a language that is not earthy. It's impossible for me to pray in Mandarin and not understand what I'm praying. If I've learned Mandarin, I can pray in Mandarin and I'll understand what I'm saying. But it's a place when we pray by the Spirit where we can pray in a language but we ourselves don't know what we are saying. For if I pray in the tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. I'm still on 14. When you pray in the tongue, your spirit is praying, your spirit is searching. That's what it talks of in Romans chapter 8, verse 27. And he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the spirit is. When you're praying in the spirit, your spirit is searching the mind of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit knows the mind of God concerning you. All right? Let's continue to 15. What am I to do? I will pray with my spirit but i will pray with my mind also i will sing praise with my spirit but i will sing with my mind also meaning you can sing in the spirit 
16. Otherwise, if you give thanks with your spirit, how can anyone in the position of an outsider say amen to your thanksgiving when he does not know what you are saying? 17. For you may be giving thanks well enough, but the other person is not being built up. 18. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. Hola. What has happened here now? Paul is saying, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. Wow. Paul speaking tongues not known by men. And you understand his level of understanding and comprehension, the sagacity of his mind. When you pray in the spirit, you open up your mind. You are giving the spirit utterance to release some deep things to you. How do you think I know the things I know? I know them because I am giving access to the Holy Spirit to release his thoughts through me. Hello? I hope it's clear enough. 18. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. 19. Nevertheless, in church, are you seeing the order now? In church, I would rather speak five words in my mind, meaning speaking five words in words that people can understand so they can be built up. Let me read verse 19. Nevertheless, in church, I would rather speak five words in my mind in order to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. 20. Brothers, do not be children in your thinking. Be infants in evil, but in your thinking be mature. 21. We're almost done. In the law it is written, By people of strange tongues and by the lips of foreigners, I will speak to these people, and even then they will not listen to me, says the Lord. 22. Thus, tongues are a sign not for believers but for unbelievers, while prophecy is a sign not for unbelievers but for believers. Prophecy, teaching, is for believers to be matured. Tongues is a sign to show the unbeliever that there is a new life, there is a new kingdom, there is a new language. 23. If therefore the whole church comes together and all speak in tongues and outsiders or unbelievers enter, will they not say that you are out of your minds? Of course. 24. But if all prophesy and an unbeliever or outsider enters, he is convicted by all, he is called to account by all. 25. And the last, the secrets of his heart are disclosed, and so, falling on his face, he will worship God and declare that God is really among you. Let's stretch it out from 26 to 33 to like focus on the part of order in worship. 26. The same 1 Corinthians 14. 26 to 33. 26. What then, brothers, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. When you are a church, everything needs to be done for building up. 27. If any speak in a tongue, let there be only two or at most three, and each in turn, and let someone interpret. 28. But if there is no one to interpret, let each of them keep silent in church and speak to himself and to God. Speak to yourself. Pray to yourself. It doesn't mean you should discount it. 29. Let two or three prophets speak and let the others weigh what is said. 30. If a revelation is made to another sitting there, let the first be silent. 31. For you can all prophesy one by one, so that all may learn and all be encouraged. 32. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to prophets. 33. And the last. For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. So Paul is saying here that there should be order in worship. Don't just come to church and all we do is praying in tongues and no teaching, no preaching, nothing. No. When we come for corporate something, we can come for prayer meeting and we pray in tongues or pray by understanding whatever and that's fine. 
So there should be order. There can be a time where we are singing a song. There can be a time we have an order of service. We sing a song, we teach, then we pray. And in our prayer now, we can pray with understanding, but somebody should be there to coordinate that, okay, now, this prayer point is to pray for our leaders in Cameroon or our leaders around the world that God should grant them more wisdom. So, let's pray now. That's the prayer point. We can now pray in the spirit so that God's perfect will for our leaders should be done through our prayer because we don't know what our leaders really need or we know that they need more wisdom. But what are they going through now? One might be needing more courage to pass a law that might make him or her unpopular in the world stage but doing the right thing by God. But you won't know that because he's not there or she's not there to tell you their need. Are you saying? So those are instances how we can pray in the spirit. Well coordinated but there should be order regardless. So don't discount praying in tongues. Praying in an unknown earthly language is an advantage that God has given you. It has countless advantages. And the biggest of all is that when you pray in the Spirit, you are searching the mind of the Spirit. And who knows the mind of God apart from the Holy Spirit? So when you are praying in tongues, your Spirit is praying and your Spirit is searching the heart of the Holy Spirit. Who knows the heart of God? Concerning you, your family, your neighborhood, your country, your continent, and the body of Christ, and God's assignment, and your contribution to it. But praying in a known language exclusively, you're praying in serious weakness because your mind knows in parts and your language you use is weak enough for God to release some deep mysteries that only God can release. And we've read some passages that have really kind of talked about it very well. So in conclusion, speaking in tongues is beyond praying with understanding. Speaking in tongues includes praying in naturally unacquired languages, a language beyond the earth realm. Here it is you, like your spirit man, praying and searching the mind of the Holy Spirit. Who knows the mind of God concerning you? And that's where you get your Rema word. The Holy Spirit can release a word to you that in this season, focus on this thing because that's the mind of God for you in this season. You wouldn't have known that if you just continued talking anyhow. Number three, there should be an order when exercising this gift in corporate worship. When you're in your room by yourself or in church by yourself, you can pray in the Spirit. But when there's corporate worship, the order should be more towards to build the body. Because when you pray in the Spirit, you build yourself. And finally, negating this gift altogether is a very grave error that any Christian can commit. Don't negate praying in the Spirit. I'm not saying you'll be comfortable doing it in the first days. Go ahead and do it. So, step out of church traditions, my brothers and sisters, and embrace God's word completely. Be diligent students of scripture beyond everything else. God's word is your life. I always tell people, the Bible is not a book that you just buy. God's word is your life. The Bible contains the word of God. God's word is your life. Remember, words are the unit of life. The words you use to build your life with determines the quality of your life, experiences, and above all, your productivity towards Jesus Christ, his assignment, and overall. Don't be hemmed in by what you have been told over the years. Don't be hemmed in by church traditions. Don't be hemmed in by human traditions. Let God's word be true and every man a liar. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this question. Thank you for your word once more. Always so edifying, always so instructive, dissipating doubts and making all men see. Thank you, Father, for giving us clarity, touching, praying in tongues. Thank you, Father, for giving us clarity and the understanding on how we should 
unfold when it comes to praying in tongues. But I pray for everyone listening. I pray for everyone under the influence of my voice. That may you grant them courage to believe these things and above all the courage to practice these things. It takes courage to execute. Particularly for those who are listening who never believed in praying in tongues or who never believed in praying in an unknown tongue that's not earthy. Grant them the courage to go into it. Give them the courage, Father, to execute it. Teach them even more. Remind them even more. And to also believe, teach us to be more orderly in how we do this. It should not be a thing of show. We should do it with understanding and in order. Prioritizing, building up the brethren more than just personal growth and personal build up. And to also believe, and we have not been very serious about praying in tongues often, teach us and empower us and remind us to pray in tongues as often as possible because therein lies the revelation of your perfect will for our lives. How will we be accomplished in our assignment without knowing what your perfect will for us is? And one of the ways that you've given us to access your perfect will for us is by praying in tongues, is by praying in the Spirit, thereby giving our spirit man the permission to search the mind of the Holy Spirit who knows your mind completely. Holy Spirit, help us. Our understanding is not fruitful. Our words are not good enough to express kingdom realities. Words are not good enough. No human language is good enough to explain that which you have for us. Help us, O Father, teach us your word and make us to experience all those things that you've prepared for us in Christ Jesus. To live them here now and in the world beyond, in the age to come. Be glorified in everything that we do and say, in Jesus' name pray, amen. Thank you very much again, Larinda, for your insightful questions. And thank you to all of you who have been listening all over the world. And I wish and hope that this has been instructive enough and we've succeeded to clear all the doubt and to dissolve your doubts so you can see correctly concerning this aspect of praying in tongues. And please, go ahead and do it. You will not feel comfortable. I didn't. You will never know because I don't do it that way. I do speak in tongues. I felt uncomfortable at first because it's something that I was not used to. It's something that I was taught not to. But as much as you do it, you keep getting used to it and your tongue loosen up. And before you know, God starts releasing things into your spirit, giving you direction, making you to understand things, opening your mind, making you to become sagacious in the things of God. Don't discount praying in tongues, my dear brothers and sisters. Don't play with your life. So Murray here, signing out. See you next week. Remember, always to unfold your purpose and assignment with understanding. Cheers. Bye-bye. Love you all. trust this episode was instructive and that you've learned a thing or two. Please feel free to send in your questions using the Q&A button if you're on Spotify or use the link in the show notes below if on Apple Podcast or any other player. Getting value from this podcast? Consider doing the following steps. Step 1. Leave a review after the show notes below. Step 2. Share with your friends and loved ones via social media. Step 3. Give towards the acquisition of our recording studio using the appropriate link in the show notes which enables you to give via mobile money or PayPal or Visa and MasterCard payments. Do you want to share a personal message with Solomon Ray? For your testimonials and message of gratitude, use the appropriate link in the show note below to share your story. 
We genuinely love you and believe in you and the person you are becoming in Christ Jesus. Till then, have a blessed day ahead. And remember, Jesus Christ is counting on you to influence your world for him. God bless you.